to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. This is one of 30 episodes you'll be hearing across November 2021 for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte, and today we get to hear Nessie's story. Now, Nessie's husband, Peter, and her best friend June both died from pancreatic cancer at around the same time, eight and a half years ago. More recently, Nessie's cousin's husband and Nessie's ex-mother-in-law also died from the disease. Well, we were very lucky. When we met, I was 59 and he was 63. And he was, he'd been widowed for five years after only being married for two years. So that was pretty tragic for him. Um, and I had been separated for a year from my ex-husband and we met by chance because we were both Meals on Wheels organisers. <laughs> you know how romance comes along. Um, and we we just, we clicked immediately and we had 13 absolutely blissful years of marriage. Um, he was an ex-merchant Navy officer, navigation officer. Um, his first wife was was... Australian and she went back to Australia when they divorced and took the three sons with her. So I've got three sons and nine grandchildren in Australia now, which is lovely. Um, and uh, and I've got a son and a daughter and a few grandchildren in the UK as well. And we we just all clicked. We made a perfect mixed family. We were very very happy. We did loads and loads of things. He'd always wanted to travel because of his naval connections, I guess. Uh, we did cruises. We went to Australia about six times. Um, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, and, of course, with distance, you can reflect on those being wonderful times. But when he actually was diagnosed and then was ill for two years and on chemotherapy and so on, you, you don't think about those things. You know, you just feel resentful and angry. Um, but I don't feel, I don't feel so angry now, but just, you know, you just have to get on with your life and make the best of it you can. 
and promoting knowledge about pancreatic cancer is my mission really it's what I wanted to do and to have so many people in your life affected by it as well that's that I can't even begin to imagine how hard that is well it's just such an insidious and secret disease you know Peter had told me the week before he was diagnosed that he'd never felt so well in his life. We did a house exchange with an Australian couple and they had a lap pool, a really long swimming pool, and he was swimming a kilometre every morning. And he said to me, I've never felt so well. He said, I've lost two or three kilos in weight. I think it's all the swimming. And the next week he was jaundiced and very, very ill. And that's how quick pancreatic cancer is. You just, you just have no warning. My friend June, she, she sent me a message and said, I wasn't terribly well over Christmas. I think I've got some bug or something. And three weeks later, she was diagnosed and no treatment because she already had metastatic um, secondaries in her liver. And she died within four or five months. We just got home to see her before she died. Um, and it just, it, it's just such a, a scary kind of cancer. But one of the things that Pancreatic Cancer Action UK do is they promote um, a learning module that they've, that they've paid for, for GPs and doctors in A&E to spot the early symptoms and it's free for doctors to do this module and it adds to their their learning. Um, they have to do so many things a year to update their, their um, knowledge. And this is one of the things they can do to earn some points. Um, and I told several GP surgeries about it. And when I went back, none of them had actually done it. And it is very frustrating. I, you know, I, I don't know what you can do to make doctors know that they need to know more about pancreatic cancer and that, you know, not every person with presenting with diabetes or indigestion has just that, that there could well be a reason for it. You say this is your mission now, your your purpose. You've mentioned that you're telling GPs about the the learning, the modules that they can do, and you also mentioned a bit of the fundraising. I'd love to hear a bit more about how you're doing the fundraising as well. Well, I've got a B and B in the UK, and when I'm not in France, um, I I have a big table in my breakfast room, um, and it's covered in books. Lots of my friends give me books. Um, and all the books I read, I sell them. I also have um, greeting cards that my sister very kindly makes, and another friend has made stickers that go on the back. Um, I've had two open garden days that raise thousands, I mean, two or three thousand pounds, wonderful days. Um, I've had coffee mornings, um, really anything, and I've got I've got pins and little ribbons and things from PCA UK and I sell those. And every now and again, I can go and put some money in the bank. So it's an easy thing to do. What does it do for for you? Because obviously, you know, the fundraising helps research, helps raise that awareness. But for you, 
what does it what does it do for you um well it's better than doing nothing isn't it you know I could just think well that was my hard luck it was Peter's hard luck and June's and my mum-in-law and my cousin's husband um but that's not enough for me I'm I'm just one of those bullshit people who can't accept, you know, well, that's it. What could you do? I'm sure that somebody is going to come up with this breakthrough thing. Um, and PCA UK, they fund a lot of small research um, projects that perhaps don't get funding any other way. Um, and I'm a great admirer of Ali Stunt, who founded that charity, She's a very long-term survivor of pancreatic cancer and about 1% of people are in her category. So somebody's got to do something and why, why not me? I love that attitude. I really do. It's, 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 it's a really good attitude to have, isn't it? I, I, I think. It feels like you've got a good community around you as well but you said that you know there's lots of people that get involved and help you with your with your sales with the set of the books and everything has that has that been something you've noticed I think I'm fortunate because I live in a village and I think village life is so much better in that way lots of people in my village fundraise for all sorts of things um one of my open garden days I shared with a friend whose husband had died very young um, for a stroke, so we split the money, um, and uh, um, you know people are very generous because they know that I sell plants in the summer. Lots of people give me cuttings, and you know, as I say, my sister makes cards that she she makes beautiful cards. I give her all my greeting cards, and any that I can scrounge off anyone else, she makes these super cards. Um, you know, they might only be. 50p or a pound but it just adds up it was it was i always think of um when i was younger i used to watch blue peter a lot and you would have the um when they did their big fundraising things you would have this the little um whatever they were raising they would have the like the visual of like this is how much we're putting in and like it would go up and up and up and that to me i just think is what it when people go oh it's only a few quid and it's like yeah but that few quid is going to add to that little layer and then another couple of quid is going to add to that layer and that and that and that you can't get thousands and hundreds of thousands of pounds without a few quid here or there, no, can you? No, no. Well, there, there are lots of people like me that are involved in, in fundraising. I mean, Leslie Goodburn is a good example. You know, she's done wonders. Um, and I know there are lots of other people. And there are lots of people who are doing online support groups on Facebook for patients with pancreatic cancer and for their families. Um I think, you know, a lot of people just feel, can't just leave this, got to do something. Um, otherwise, the person that you loved who died has died for nothing. Um, and things won't change. And the, the other thing that worries me is that some forms of pancreatic cancer have been linked to heredity. So I worry about the sons in Australia and the grandchildren, you know, the more that's found out about it, the more they can have knowledge about what they should be checking up on and, you know, keeping themselves healthy. Yeah, that is something that people have said to me as well. They worry about, you know, 
children and, and, and grandchildren. Mm. Um, yeah. And like you say, it's just about even if one person gets saved, that's 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 a huge thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, <clears throat> I also know my friend June. We've been friends since we both had tiny children together at nursery school. Um, and my um, my daughter's in her forties now, and and I've sort of taken on her daughter in particular and her son um, into my family really, and I care about them, um, and I want them to know that you know I am doing a tiny thing. It's not much, but it's something, um, and it's in memory of their mum as well as my husband. Um, my poor cousin, her husband, became ill during the lockdown. So he spent most of his time in hospital alone. Um he might just as well he might just as well have been at home and died, you know, well he did die at home, but only once she managed to get him out. But when he was dying, a lot of the time he was in hospital alone and because it was so rapid. And that's the thing about pancreatic cancer, it can be very rapid. Someone said to me in a different podcast interview that, and this is this has stayed with me for a few days. All she wanted for her dad was to him for him to have a fighting chance, and he didn't get that fighting chance. And that's that's what breaks. That's why she, she's now really pushing and campaigning for finding an uh, a way of finding an early diagnosis, because and I thought that was just such a really sort of like it was yeah that that is what it is. Is it? It's about not getting a chance to fight it. It's like you're dealt your you're dealt your hand, done and dusted. No appeal, no anything. That's it, gone. Well, you know, it's wonderful, isn't it, that so much money has been put into breast cancer and other forms of cancer that have got a much better survival rate because of that. But pancreatic cancer's been flatlined a lot for year, 50 years I think. Nothing has improved because it's had no government funding as such. Um, and that's, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's becoming an increasingly um, common cause of death as, as other cancers are being, survival rates are being improved. So. And we're not standing for it, are we? No. We're not. No, we're not. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my husband was very fortunate that he was diagnosed in Australia because he was diagnosed with the tumour on his pancreas in A and E, he had a CT scan in A and E. That wouldn't happen in the UK. They would have sent him home, and they would have said, "Come back next week, and we'll try and get fit you in for a CT scan." Um, but he was diagnosed within three hours of arriving in A and E, and then he was transferred the next day to a main hospital in Perth, and he was operated on two weeks later. Um, and unfortunately, he'd got some lymph node involvement, so he had to have chemotherapy, which doesn't work, you know, for most people, unfortunately. It ruins the quality of the life they've got left in many cases. Peter had chemotherapy almost continuously for two years, and it still came back in the same place. So, um, but he did have two two more years that, Many people are denied because he had a quick um, diagnosis and quick treatment. 
Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Mm. So important. Yeah. Nessie, I'd love you I'd love you to tell me a little bit about June. I feel <laughs> she's a very special person in your life. Um yes, she we we were such close friends. We were like sisters really. Um we were completely different. Um June June didn't wear makeup. She let her hair go grey despite my attempts to make keep it coloured. Um she did walking holidays and she was a vegetarian. Um, I'm none of those things. I like makeup. I, you know, I like clothes. I'm not a vegetarian. Um, but we were so close and she, she was the person I could trust with my life. Um, when I was divorced, she was so supportive. She was, she was the only person who ever really knew. Um, the problems I had in my marriage, and she was the only person I could tell. Um, she was just a wonderful, wonderful friend, and well, just awful when she died. But incredibly brave. And when we came back from Australia, although she was so ill, she sent Pe Peter flowers to re congratulate him on getting home and you know having this major operation. Um, no feeling sorry for herself you know she was a special person she sounds it mm. she absolutely sounds it and how lovely that you've sort of made her children part of your family I mean, i'm sure they were part of your family for you know since all time mm. anyway but to still have that that in itself is something that you can't mm. put a price on either can you just no, having that no that closeness but she would have done the same for me i know she would um and that's what being a friend is isn't it a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's say we've got a magic wand and we're not going to get this magic wand, but let's pretend for a minute we have this magic wand. What would you what would you use that magic wand for when it comes to sorting out pancreatic cancer? Well, I think I would hope for a blood test for early diagnosis before any before anyone gets symptoms. A bit like men can have a PSR test for prostate cancer and a couple of years ago I did think that there was a possibility of that because there's a young man in Aus in America called Jack Andraka and when he was a young teenager he developed a dip test a urine dip test I think in his dad's basement you know and when it was tried on various people it was proved to be almost 100% accurate so I was terribly excited and I think a lot of other people were and sort of thought, well, this is it, this is it. Um, he's now at Princeton, I think. He's at one of the very good universities in America and I, I follow him on Twitter and so on. And I asked him about a year ago what was happening and he said, oh, it's being tested by the drug companies. So, you know... It, it's years, it's, it's some years since the, he first developed that, but it'll be something like that that does it. Um, and it just may need be that extra pound that somebody raises, that extra cake they bake or the garden they open, that may be the, you know, the, the little bit of extra funding needed to find this, this thing. So that's what I'm going to do. Thank you again to Nessie for talking with me for the podcast and sharing her story. And thank you for listening. Please share this podcast. 
You can do that by sharing it on your social media. You can leave us a review and a rating on your podcast app. All of that helps people find us. And that's what we're doing because we're here every day in November raising awareness of pancreatic cancer. You can find out more about what we're doing at purplerainbow.co.uk. And of course, you'll get a brand new episode from me tomorrow.